Tonight, we are excited to have a very special guest, Amina Mohammed. Amina has taken her passion for photography and the love she has for her homeland, Uganda, and created a safe place for women in Uganda to learn photography and hopefully better their lives. Amina, thank you for being here today. Thank you for being here. I've been waiting weeks to talk to you. I'm very excited. Uh, you and I go back. The others don't know you yet, but we're going to get to know you, and I'm very excited about that. But before we get to talk to you, I just want to welcome everybody to Expressions, the podcast. This is episode number nine. I am Brian Weiss. I'm with my friends, as always, Aurora Robinson, Ryan Knight, and Mark. And guys, how are you doing? How's it been? How have you, how's your week been? Aurora, how's your week been? Uh, it's been pretty great. I've had a good week at work, just kind of getting used to my new location. Um, but yeah, it's otherwise it's been pretty great. Well, I do miss you. I know I said it before we got into the show. I definitely miss you in our store. Um, and I'm glad you're doing well in your store. Thank you. That's what I love about Henry's. Everybody knows each other. You know, we all spend time in each other's stores and get to know each other. It's great. Ryan, how have you been, man? I've been good, man. It's uh, lockdown still for me right now. So today's been a groggier day. I spent most of my day in bed sleeping. So, uh, but good. Other than that, I've been good. Hoping we uh, can get back to work very, very soon. But I'm looking forward to tonight's show. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you, Amina. The uh, the little bit that I know so far has got me very intrigued in your story. So, Thank you. very. It's very interesting, actually. This is gonna be a great show. I'm super looking forward to it. Mark, <laughs> man, you've you've been running around like a chicken with your head cut off. I have actually. Uh, I've been in uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Timmins, and Capuscasing in the last week. Um, but the highlights were the wildlife I saw. I saw Ooh. three moose, a bear, uh, I saw a red tailed hawk, um, and uh, a gopher. <laughs> and, we're leading very different lives right now, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I got pictures of the three moose. Well, pictures of two moose and dash cam video of, of the third moose. Um, but uh, I wasn't quick enough to save the video from the bear. Um, he, I need to come shooting with you. Yeah, it was it was the most wild I've seen in a long time. I, I carry I always carry a camera with me, so I yeah. just, when I have a long drive like that, I put it on the passenger seat and away I go. Yeah, me too. So. As it should be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, thank you all again for being here. Amina, thank you as well. Thank but, you but, for inviting me, guys. This is, uh, is going to be a blast. You've been doing some pretty crazy stuff lately. You've been getting awards. You've been... Uh, doing great things. Now, let me just tell the world what, how I know you. Um, yeah. Obviously, through Henry's and Newmarket, we've connected that way. Yes. And you absolutely saved my butt with the Killarney Mountain Lodge workshop. Um, <laughs> dealing with these guys was like dealing with the mafia. And <laughs> as you know, yes. and I just didn't have time to call them 24-7 and, and to try and figure things out. And their, the way they were doing scheduling was messing me up. And you stepped in. It was like boom, 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 got stuff done. I was just like in love with you. I thought it was amazing you were able to help me the way you did. So I, I thank you for them. Oh, you're so welcome. But Anytime. that's only a part of what you do. And it showed me how you're able to go to a situation like traveling to Africa, bringing people there with you, um, meeting these women that need help, finding them. How do you find them? Like, How do you even get in touch with them? These are all things we're going to learn about tonight. Okay. Uh, maybe you can give me a quick paraphrase of what it is you feel you do. What is your specialty? And, and not even what your specialty is, but what you bring to this adventure and this, this journey that you take to Africa. I think what I found is a way to combine travel, which usually is all about seeing the beauty and the sights of a place 
with philanthropy, a way for those same travelers to get an appreciation for the place, but to also give back in a meaningful way. And you don't find that like common. Um, and I think I found like something special in and how I combine the two. And it, because it's the it's the girls that we're teaching photography to is really the draw for people to come on our tour more than, you know, the safaris and the gorilla tour. You can do that anywhere with anybody, but you're not going to get the um, direct impact that your dollars, when you spend money to go on a trip, your dollars are directly impacting these young women to improve their lives. It's awesome. That's amazing. That's, well, that's, that's incredible that you're bringing a form of education. Like you said, it's not just a trip that, that they're doing. It's not just a safari or an excursion where they're seeing animals. Okay. They're getting to learn something, getting a valuable piece of knowledge out of that. So that's yeah, incredible. I'm truly a believer that when you travel, you need to immerse yourself in local culture, regardless of how you do that. Is it, um, you know, um, like immersing yourself in getting a dance lesson or learning how to cook the local dish or whatever it could be. I, I wanted it to mean much more than that. I wanted to mean that we're changing lives, not for just our traveler, which Uganda is going to blow your mind, um, but for the girls that uh, we teach and ch help them change their lives. And that's the thing. One of the things I like to remind myself when dealing with anybody is, you know, what you do is great and how you act is great, but what wake do you leave? You know, mm -hmm. what how are you impacting people after you're gone? Yeah. And yeah. it's nice that you have travelers coming who could leave a very negative wake in the wrong tour, but you're kind of creating this positive wake, this, this growth after the fact. Even, I guess yeah. And say. I'm tying in the fact that these guys, the, the people who come with me are either um, interested in photography themselves, but not necessarily photographers like, you know, the great photographers that they want to be. So they want to, learn how to take better photos so i guide them in that as well but they want to learn about culture they want like that's the first question i get are we going to learn about the local culture are we going to get to meet the local people i'm like hell yes because i'm from uganda um and i want you to learn about the people there and the beauty of the people there when you come you will leave and go home and you will never you'll you'll you know over time the memories of seeing the the wildlife and the gorillas, all of that fades over time, right? You've got the pictures to remind you, but it's the warm, um, um, like, affection that you'll get from the Ugandan people that will sustain you for years to come. Why Uganda? Find that everywhere. Why Uganda? Well, yeah. I mean, so, there's there's a lot of places in Africa, there is. and I know you're from Uganda. Yeah, so my family and I, we lived there until I was three. My parents were born there. My sister was born there. I actually was born in England, um, but I lived there until I was three. But for me, Uganda has always felt like home. When I was a kid, somebody said, hey, where are you from? I'd be like, Uganda. And my mom would be like, no, you're not. <laughs> and I'd be like, yes, I am. And, um, but it's always felt that part of me. And when I went home for the first time in 2007, I was there to do a documentary about the return of the Indians who were coming to reclaim their properties. I stepped in Uganda and I felt like immediately this was home. And I remember leaving Uganda and I was on the plane, KLM, huge plane, and I couldn't stop blubbering and crying. And of course, there's no Kleenex and the 
freaking stewardess wouldn't let me get up from my seat. So I'm literally going like this. And this <sighs> guy is leaning like from the opposite side of the plane, leaning like this and just looking at me. And I wanted to like, you know, I was just like, couldn't stop crying because I was leaving Uganda. But literally like, it was just, yeah, it was, yeah. That's I'm kind of curious because, <clears throat> Sorry, I'm, I'm very curious about this because with, with you going to Uganda for the first time, you said in 2007, oh. I imagine you led a lot of your life being fascinated and wanting to get to Uganda. So mm -hmm. when you finally did, what was that experience like just knowing you were finally gonna get to go? Prior to actually arriving Prior in Uganda, what was arranging, it like knowing? It was, yeah. um, I literally made the decision in three months. I was like, hey, Thomas, he's my husband. I'm, I'm going to Uganda and he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to Uganda. I'm gonna do a documentary because I was working in film and television. I was producing documentaries, short films, music videos. So for me to get equipment, it was nothing, but I didn't really, I wasn't a shooter, I was a producer. So I had to quickly learn how to use a big ass, you know, Panasonic, learn how to do sound, all of that. I taught it all to myself. I rented everything or I bought everything and I went to Uganda. And um, but when I arrived, the stories that I had grown up with were vastly different from what I saw on the ground. The poverty hit me like hard. And what I saw about the lives of the people, because it's the same government now, 35 years on. Idi Amin was bad, but you know, we've all heard about Mugabe from Zimbabwe, Museveni, who's the current, the same oppression, suppression. Right now he's been suppressing the media and internet because he doesn't want all the bad news to get out of their government. The world knows though, right? Um, mm -hmm. and, and all of that, growing up in first world Canada with all the opportunities that I was given and had squandered in many respects because you're young, you're stupid, and you think you've got it all, right? You think you know it all. And it dawned on me then that I, how much time I had not taken advantage of and how many opportunity I'd, I'd not, you know, taken advantage of. And all these people wanted the same thing and were not getting it. And that's what woke me up to wanting to make better choices in my life. It, it's yeah. weird. Um, this is going to sound kind of weird. Uh, I just kind of got this similarity in my head. I have this cat that's wandering around my backyard with his paw injured. And I've been trying to help oh. this little cat. And I'm trying to figure out how to help this little cat. And I can't help this little cat. And yet you're helping people in Africa across the country, across the world, and you're giving them hope and you're giving them all this extra, all these extra things like cameras. I mean, you're giving them cameras, which mm -hmm. I mean, that's crazy for you to be gathering up as many cameras as you can and, and flying over with them. I mean, what is that process like for you to get these cameras to help these people? I know I've got brought this cat into this thing. Everybody's no, crying that's about okay. the cat now. Because now you touched my heart. Dixie's in her condo. I mean, exactly. I, I I feel for these cats. Like people feel for humans, and and obviously well, I used to I mean, rescue ferals. So you know, it's it's in it's in my it's in my nature. Tugging um, those heartstrings. There you go. Yeah, exactly. So when I came up with the idea, um, I knew it wasn't enough to just take cameras with me, have them take images, tell me your story, and then bring the camera back and not mean any end result of having them find work. So just to backtrack on your question a bit, the reason I wanted to teach girls um, specifically is because they're females, simply because they're females, they don't get opportunity. 
if you're a male and you don't even have the qualifications, you're going to get a job because you're a male. They're, they don't believe in, as a society in Africa, they don't believe, or in third world countries or developing countries, they don't really believe in educating females. But statistics show if we educate and, and give opportunities to females, they're going to change this world for the better. And so when I came up with the idea, it was to, to go to the northern Uganda at first because northern Uganda had been affected by the Kony War. Joseph Kony had terrorized the country for many, many years. He had child, we've all heard about child soldiers and boys were given rifles, told to shoot their families to, to, be, to, to live. Girls were turning to sex slaves or worse. And yeah. um, I wanted to help them tell their stories, but the challenges were vast. No internet, no electricity, if I gave them a camera, they were going to sell it to eat. And that's understandable. So it was my good friend who's a journalist who told me, you need to teach girls who are going through journalism. And I didn't understand. The connection was that they'll go through school, but because they don't get access to a camera more than maybe four or five times during their whole four-year career, they can't get a job because not only do they lack the photography skills, they lack a camera. And in in developing world, you have to own your camera. You can't have a cameraman come with you to tell your story. Right. So that was sort of like, okay, fine. So I, when I came up with the idea, I remember I walked into Henry's and I talked to you about this. Hey, Brian, this is what I want to do. And you're like, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I'm not going to Africa, but talk to Martin. So I started talking to Martin and we started coming up with a plan. He was going to be the one to teach. And then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I can't go to Africa. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to be the one to teach. And already I put it out on Facebook and telling people. Oh, no. But that's okay. It worked out for the best because people started sending me mostly small point of shoots. So when I, all I could afford and collect were the really small, you know, right. totally small. Um, but I also went because I needed to prove to myself this was actually doable and it was something worthwhile. So I finished up the first training, came home, and that's when Cameras for Girls was born. Triple F photo tours already existed. And then that's when I realized, ooh, this is something. And that's when I started working with Brian Ballow of Brian's Camera Store, mm -hmm. um, who you introduced me to. And he started helping me to figure out the cameras and whatever I was collecting, and to this day, he still does it, collects I, whatever I collect, film cameras, used cameras, things that don't work. He takes it in, trades it in for what we do use, which is the Canon G-Series. And we chose the Canon G-Series because DSLRs, I can't carry 15 of them. And they're not at that stage to get a DSLR. But they still have manual controls and you can still, still learn photography, control, big video, sensor. Yeah. Great sensor. And small enough to put in a purse or a bag so that it won't get stolen, but mm -hmm. robust enough that they can get out in the field and do what they need to do. That's great. I didn't realize you were you were switching them for the G-Series. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what, uh, from those small dinky ones that mm -hmm. didn't really last, um, I collected, uh, I, I started trading them in for that. So that's what we use. And for the girls who came through the first training, those ones that you know wanted to go further, I traded those up into a G series. Cool. Well, I've got another camera for you at the store, by the way. So. Okay, awesome. Oh, I've got a couple points that I picked up on there. So yeah. one of the first things I really wanted to touch on, and it's something that you said earlier on about 
you know, um, to say how we all know what's going on. I personally, it, I don't, I'm not somebody who is up to date on what goes on around the world, on what happens in other countries. So mm -hmm. to hear these stories and just to kind of hear even something like, you know, how women aren't treated with equality when you go to Africa, something like that was unknown to me to the level that it exists, obviously. So it sounds to me like you're not only just going over there teaching photography, but teaching like this, this level of individualism to these women to, to try and help them separate themselves from the culture that they've been born and raised with and say, look, this isn't, you're a person, you're still an individual that needs yep. to, to be a part of this society and part of this, this world. So yep. Yep. And yeah, so that's incredible. Just to, um, so it's not just Africa, it's in the developing world. So um, there's this amazing mm -hmm. book, if you ever want to read, let me just get it for you. It's called Half the Sky. I'll warn you, it is a very difficult read um, because it talks about female oppression, sex trafficking. Um, the statistics are horrible. Um, the number of girls who get sold by their own families because they can't afford to feed them. And the girls think that they're being taken to another part to work when actually they're being sex trafficked. And we have a big problem in Canada with uh, illegal sex trafficking. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, it's something that's hidden under the rug and not talked about. In, but it has to be talked about. It has to get out there. And other than, yeah, you're right, other than photography skills, I'm teaching these girls about confidence in themselves, how to believe in themselves, how to fight for their right to get a job and to, to have the life that they want. Um, I'll briefly tell you a story. Um, so I've been working with one of our graduates. After I finished the photography training, which lasts for a whole year, I then work with them on business skills. So, you know, cover letters, resumes, LinkedIn profiles, um, interview skills. So after six months, one of my girls who went back home to Kenya got a job. Well, she was told... You can have the job if you pay for it with money or with sex. And that's the reality. So she turned it down because I said, there's hell no, we will get there. Today she wrote to me and said, because you built me a LinkedIn profile or helped me build a LinkedIn profile, somebody reached out to me and has offered me a job because I'm also, she also does graphic design. And so she's waiting to hear back because now she's got the photography skills, the graphic design skills. And now she possibly will get like freelance work. That's so, incredible. I'm right? I, the part that I really that that really bothers me the most. Not that bothers me the most, but that really bothers shocks me is you that or shocks you. It shocks me. I think that really shocks me is that not only does this this employer quote unquote we'll call them you know expect these ridiculous. I don't even know what to describe that as. But then this woman comes and has to, like, when she responded to you, was it like to ask whether or not she should take this no, job? Like, did she, she reach out I for advice or did she? No, she okay. said I turned it down. I okay, said, good, good. Oh, yeah, you did. Because <laughs> yeah. that's not what we stand for. And it might take you longer. But then we talked about it. And I said, I taught you amazing photography skills. You've got an amazing eye. Get out there and start marketing yourself until you find the job. Because she went through four years to, in a communications degree, that's what she wants to use. And she's a single mom. And I said, time, it'll take longer, but we will we'll work at it until you get there. And, um, you know, it's just, it's sad. We, we deal with that here. Like there's the, you know, um, when I was in film and television, I can't tell you the amount of times sexually harassed, right? We've talked about this before. And it, it was like- A little bit. 
Yeah, I walked into a producer's office one day, executive producer, because I wanted the job to produce a, the, the film. And he sat with his leg up on the couch, like really like showing, you know, yeah. And he's like, and, and he was so overt. He goes, yeah, you got the job. And I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. And he says, um, uh, for, for a price. Oh. And I wasn't stupid. And I said, hell no. And I didn't even, like, I walked out the door. That's, that's baffling. That's absolutely baffling. Because oh, you hear these stories, the but. Because a guy came after me, um, tried to, like, like, physically attack me. And I got fired. So it happens, right? It happens. And um, the one thing we talk about, I talk about the girls, is you don't ever sell yourself because once you do you will never rise up in the ranks they will keep you there it's the a scary story. part is that those are the two stories that you thought to mention but what about the other stories no, and the one so even that you mentioned to me about a you know i believe it was a wrestler oh yeah we won't get there we, yeah right? your, your friend the wrestler exactly he wasn't as nice of a guy as some people might think no <clears throat> so yeah. yeah yeah i mean you just all the other stories that we don't hear about those are the scary ones yeah and and it's just you know as a woman growing up in a, in a first world country like canada you have the choice to say fuck you i'm not gonna go there right but mm -hmm. when you're hungry and you have to feed your child and you have to feed your family people say oh well she shouldn't have done that well did she have a choice and well, I, I, for me, I hear a lot of the women in Canada that go through this have yep. a hard time speaking up, right? It's still that confidence level of, of yep. saying no. Like, thankfully, you were able to say, no, fuck you, man. I'm not a yep. part of this. Yep. But there's still yep. so many women here in Canada that suffer with that. Then you add on, like you said, what, yep. what these women over in third world countries. Poverty. Poverty. poverty the, the poverty, the lack of equality. So yep. that is going to strike your confidence down more than anything and yep. make it that much more difficult. So. I, I really, really commend you on the efforts that you're putting in. It's, it makes me feel like I am not doing anything at all. And it's crazy that uh, it's very inspiring. It's very inspiring to hear these stories that, uh, of just how you've really dedicated your life and your, your passion and, and combined them into one thing and really trying to change lives, which is incredible. And this Thank is you. another thing that interests me. We were talking about how you're influencing and helping in the wake you're leaving in Africa, but it's also Ryan is proof every time you talk about this, every interview you do about this, you're educating the people here too. You're educating yeah, absolutely. anybody who has an ear to the medium that you're putting it out on, that this is real your, and you have to listen to this. It's not in your window. You're not going to care, right? You're not, because it's just like it's happening somewhere else. We've all like, and that's not anybody's fault. It's just, if I hadn't grown up in that country, I don't know if it would have meant so much to me to want to do this, right? If I had never mm -hmm. visited for the first time. So it, like, don't be hard on yourself is what I'm saying, but it's never too long, never too late to be aware of what's happening around the world. Um, of course. And, and, I, and COVID has made it that much worse for, for people, right? Like we complain here but we still have shelter, we still have food, we still, we still have the necessities. Um, it's been very difficult. So I've used a lot of the money that I've fundraised for cameras and what have you to feed people, like to send money to my students or to my partners on the ground because the, the government is not supporting them, right? So it's, it's about just 
I, I don't know. It's, I, I'm just hoping this whole thing, this too shall pass, is what I keep telling myself. Like God, know, God knows when, but, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Um, uh, it's just, uh, and don't even get me going on the government. So, um, Well, that leads me to my next thought. I mean, <clears throat> um, I'm approaching an age of like a half a half. I a think I'm past that, so don't Maybe, worry. Yeah, uh, but we've both been around long enough to see all the promises of government and all the promises around the world and all the this and all the that. And, we, you know, let's go back to the first time that, uh, you know, somebody resisted racism against black people uh, to today and how far along really are we with that fight so it's really scary to think of uh, all, all the oppression that women have to go through um, Aurora as the only woman of our panel is this something that that you've been through uh, it's definitely something that I've experienced like some of the stories that you've uh, shared Amina I've kind of like as a woman in photography um, or any sort of tech uh, career a lot of people just like look at you and don't think you know anything about mm-hmm. it uh, like are very dismissive of your skills or any sort of um, what's it called schooling that you've been through um, just because you're a woman um, and in my case like also young um, very dismissive about that kind of stuff um, and I have had my share of experiences of even customers at Henry's yeah. trying to uh, pull a move or you know uh, suggest that I should be a model instead of a photographer um and why am i into this whole like techie stuff and uh it's one of those things that it it is pretty upsetting obviously when this kind of stuff happens um and uh i really really am happy that you're doing this for these women um it's uh, obviously like you know the experience that i have is nowhere near to the level of experience that, that these women go through on a daily basis um but just as a person in <laughs> a first world country and how i'm dealing with this on a regular basis like i can only imagine what it's uh what it's like there so I'm, but it shouldn't be happening right it should not be it happening. shouldn't happen at all we are in 2021 <laughs> Like, yeah, you know, all that that and the, um, bullshit has to stop at some point. We have to yeah. move past and start looking at human to human instead of gender to gender. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, um, yeah. The hard part too is that like you you worked so hard to try to help out third world countries, uh, Africa specifically, and. When I look at you know equality, when I look at sex trafficking, when I look at all these these horrible things that go on in the world, there's so it's so hard to fight that and to combat that, right? Like you've done so much to help one area, and there's other people and other organizations that will help, but it's a collective effort that we really need almost the entire world to get on, and that's yeah. the hardest part is that people need to understand that it can't just be the ones that are putting in the effort, it can't just be the ones that are that are making the the fight possible. Everybody needs to get on board with this and try to understand and be aware of what's going on. Absolutely. Um, and and myself, here, we would, here we would say let's level the glass ceiling, right? Yep. That starts here. But yeah. It's it's an awareness I think a lot of people, myself included, need to uh, to become more in tune with. So he's my favorite new person. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, he's been a favorite of mine for uh, well ten episodes now. Um, oh, so I, I just, I just, <laughs> I just wanted to say uh, I've been sort of just sitting here listening and taking all this in, and, and it it uh, it saddens me and horrifies me to know that these things are going on, and you you know it's going on, um, but you you just don't have always the forum to speak out against it mm-hmm. and to say that it's not right, and even. Um, even for us, you, you mentioned that it happens here in, in Canada, like the, the human trafficking and sex trafficking, and it absolutely does. Um, and unfortunately, it it happens amongst populations that are the most vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so I, I live in Thunder Bay now. Uh, oh, yeah. And, okay. uh, and we have a, in, in Northern Ontario, as you know, yep. a very large Indigenous population. Yep. And they're, they're that at-risk population where, um, you know, I, I now <clears throat> you've, you've, um, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for now? I want to I want to know more about it. I want to know like what can I do as a person to speak out against that uh, or to to make a difference uh, in somebody's life when it comes to that sort of uh, an oppression um, and especially with uh, when you come down to uh, the oppression against just women. I mean, and it's something I think we we've all experienced at some point where we've seen uh, a, a woman that's been uh, propositioned to get a, a position or they're not going to get any further ahead if they don't uh, make a, do a favor for that, that person in, in yeah. the, uh, the higher role. So, um, you know, it's something that, uh, that it, it's, it goes against every fiber of my being to, to even think that there are people that think that that's right to do. And it's, it's absolutely not. We're no, all human beings no, and not, whether, no. whether, whether I'm white or, or black or, or Asian, I'm a human being, whether I'm male or female, I'm a human being, whether, whether I identify as a man or a woman, I'm a human being inside. Mm-hmm. My organs are in the same spot as yours are. Exactly. So does, what's different then? What's different about belief? Because one of the things I'm keep on making notes on here is why, why does this happen? Is it because of, it's obviously it happens everywhere. So it's not just like in Africa, there's, mm-hmm. Um, homeless kids that grow up without parents and they have to make tough decisions. Obviously they have, I mean, this is a big part of it in Africa, but it's not the same necessarily here. So how come we have this similarity in um, trying to control other people? Well, is this just like a human thing? That we just I, have I think to it's human address? nature personally. I think I it's think human so nature. Yeah. yeah. I think you nailed it with that yeah. first word yeah. where you said beliefs. It's yeah. what, yeah. you know, you're taught up, it's what you're born with, what you've grown up on, whether it's from your parents, whether it's your surroundings, whatever it is, yeah. that's what you, there was a point in my life where, you know, I would definitely be, I wouldn't say sexist, but I would make jokes. I would say things that certainly I look back on my 14 year old, 15 year old self and go, wow, Dude. that was, you know, I would never say that nowadays. So times too, right. Then it yep. was just like overlooked. Yeah. Now it's like shame on you. So yeah. things take time, I guess, to catch up, but you know, let's let's talk about the indigenous mark because yeah. we the government keeps on saying, oh, we're going to pour money into this and we're going to help them and we're going to build housing and we're going to bullshit. They're yeah. still agreed. Insane. They don't even have clean water. They don't. They don't. Right. So my no, friend Sherry, um, she's a photographer, documentary photographer, and she's been working in some of those communities um, uh, uh, north of you, and yeah. um, it's heartbreaking and. Um, now there's two sides of it though okay so the chiefs uh, control it and they really don't want outside influence because it will change they're they're worried about changing their culture if they if they accept money they have to change their cultures like always give and take not just hey we're going to help you keep your culture at the same time but if you want this then you have to do this which that's not fair um 
And then there's the other side of the coin is the people who say they want to help, but don't not necessarily help. Right. And we've also seen the, um, the, the atrocious women who disappeared in that community found murdered. How many years has it been? And they still have not come to any resolution or finding or anything, but yet if it was a Caucasian, bunch of Caucasian women, not to, but it's true. It would be done like yesterday. Well, it would have been the main thing all over the news in Canada, and oh, I would know right, everything right. about it. I oh, don't really know exactly. much about this story, honestly, right? Unless so it, we it follow it, right? And, exactly. So and I'm just saying it has to. We have to equal the playing field. Yeah. We have to go human to human, not you're black, you're white, you're Asian, you're this, you're that. Yep. I don't see color. I see. Are you a good person? Am I a good person? Are you a good person? Then I want to get to know you. Are you a horrible mm-hmm. person? Then I don't. Right. And that's how I think. The world. I, I, people tell me that I'm. Uh, what do you call? What's the word? Um, An optimist. Naive. Oh, oh no, naive. Okay. Naive. Okay. Yeah. Um, that I'll never see that in my lifetime, and I might not, but I choose to live yeah. that way. Yeah. The the, the biggest the, the problem is, and we see it with the older the older population as well. Is there's there is an antiquated set of values that gets passed down from parents to children. Yeah. Um, and and it, and if you ever want to have a great example of that. Um, look, look at a schoolyard and look yeah. at the, the how, how young kids, when yeah. they're so small, they'll play with anybody. It doesn't matter, male, female. Uh, it doesn't matter what color they are. It doesn't matter whether they're, you know, uh, whether they're sick or in a cast or, or disfigured. It doesn't matter. They'll play with anybody. And then those values are taught. Brian, are you okay? You okay. 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 Um, and then, uh, so those, those values are taught, they're passed on. Um, and whether, whether you want to call it, a, a, whether it's racism or, uh, you know, I mean, there's ageism, there's, there's all kinds of isms that yeah. are, um, where, where people look down on, on other people yeah. because of, because of whether it be their, their status in life or, <laughs> um, or what, you know, how much money they make or whatever. I, I, I like to say like when I'm on the road, when I'm driving, I am no more important than anybody on the road, anybody else. Like you, nobody on this panel is more important. So when you race to get in front of somebody, you're 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 saying I'm more important than you, and no, you're not. You're not more important than I am, um, and I'm not more important than you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a, that's a very small example of what we're talking about. But um, to have to have a, a community of people where they are in crisis, and there of course there's there's other things. There's the opiate crisis that that hurts it as well. Um, and then to your point, the chiefs are the ones that control everything mm-hmm. up here. Um, they control the flow of the money. They com- control uh, everything that's going on with the community because they don't want it to take away from their values and their yeah, and they uh, their culture. And, and, and it's it's and they shouldn't true. have trade in their culture. And they shouldn't. They absolutely no. shouldn't. But then what happens is people like and we see them in we see them in town all the time. Right? The the natives that come into town for uh, medical appointments yep. and things like that. And um and there there are programs that help them when they're here. There are places that they stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and they're out and about in the town and they, mm-hmm. and they come and they go shopping and they uh, so so they come in and they've they've got the newest tech. They've got mm-hmm. iPhones and they've got uh, you know. AirPods and things like that, and you know those are going back on. So it's unfortunately the more you try to shield somebody from something, mm-hmm. the more they're going to experience it, and they're going to bring it in. It's 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 unfortunate um, that that people can't have an iPhone and keep their culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like why why can't I have both? Why can't I uh, why can't I have an iPhone and still uh, follow my religion or follow my faith or follow my my culture and my people's way yeah. of of whether whether it be hunting or planting or um, you know making you know whether I make my own clothes 
any of those things, why can't I have both as yeah. long as I, I support it and I, I honor that culture when it's when it's important. So a, a point, a question that I've gotten on, on your point there, Mark, is with when you go to Africa, when you go to Uganda and you go to these different places, how has social media changed and affected these countries, if at all? Because obviously it's a completely different world over there. It's a completely different, you know, there's the lack of. No, they're on, again, they're I'm, on, and I'm, they're on social media. They're doing the, everything that you and I are. The mm -hmm. difference is the government suppresses it. So right. the elections happened in January. Everybody knew it was going to be another sham because what he does is jails his incumbent or kills them or imprisons them or whatever or hurts them. Um, before the elections, like three, four months running up to the elections, the army was shooting with rubber and real bullets for no reason. People would gather to express that they were upset um, that he was going to win again, that everything was alive. There was one... Um, you know, the incumbent was very popular and people were going to vote him in. But regardless of whether they voted him in, he's going to come into power again. So literally he's suppressed like everything so that I can't even communicate with my, my students on a proper basis because we can't connect through internet all the time. Um, oh and it's just been, it's like it's been a joke. So I have to record stuff send it on a secure server and then they can download it when they when they can but he's also upped the charge to get on the internet so they've taxed the internet they've taxed anytime you want to be on social media and you're worried about feeding yourself versus using social media what are you going to choose right right so that's just no, such a way of control there's no everything. human right um <clears throat> like it's a joke yeah. yeah, they found a way to take something that was supposed to connect the world and they've done quite the opposite with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's just, you know, it's sad. It's just very it sad. It is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so, so is it, and I'm going to loosely say in Uganda, is it, a, it's a democracy, but not really. It's a, well, it's, the government it's a would call it that, but it's a, yeah, the, the government says they're a democracy, but they're not. They're, yeah. they're a dictatorship. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. That's, a, that's unfortunate. Um, it is because so, Uganda is the Pearl of Africa. It's known as the Pearl yeah. of Africa because it is the uh, one of the smallest African countries, but the yeah. richest in <clears throat> natural resources. Okay. okay. And Very so good. if they were to be smart and govern properly and give people the rights and really realize their wealth is sitting in their people, it would not be a poor country. If they would educate their people instead of charging them for education, they would be a richer country. I actually saw a video that that touched on that. There was somebody in Africa um, who who did a five minute story on. She was talking about how she can't be mad at white people. She goes like, "I'm not mad at white people. Like they've stolen our whatever, like our gold, our our cocoa, all these different things." And she goes, "But at the end of the day, that's not on you. You were doing what was necessary for your survival. I just wish our people hadn't been doing the same at that time." Yep. Now I don't know what you know time frame she would have been talking about when she was referencing these stories. But then you look at what you're describing now, and it's clear that that's it's the same. She's got to feel that exact same emotion today as she did when she told that story, and as those mm -hmm. things were happening, right? Because it sounds to me like it's it, it is very much that. Africa, or the government, I should say, is its biggest hindrance. It's its biggest. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, when the British ruled, right, um, they just feel like they've always been under somebody's rule. There was the British, then there was this, then it's colonialism. It's, it never ends. And it's not just for the people. 
right? You're always subservient mm -hmm. to somebody else and the government suppresses you, oppresses <clears throat> you. Um, like, where's the freedom? It's, well, the know, freedom but comes. But yet, I have to say, when you go to Uganda, you will never hear them complain about anything because they will always have a smile on their face for you. They will always tell you, it's all right, man. It's all good because nobody's going to listen, number one, and they're used to what they have, but they'll never complain about what they don't have, and they'll give you what they don't have. They'll give you the shirt off their back, and they have nothing to give because they don't care about things like we do, right? They're, they're not going to complain, oh, my, my cell phone's not working. They're not, like, we complain about everything <clears throat> way too much, and we yeah. have it's true. so much. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's so true. Um, freedom comes from creativity, though. Mm -hmm. Like you give them freedom just by giving them the tools to be creative and the yep. tools to progress and to do better for themselves. Sorry, Aurora, I think I kind of cut you off there. Were you saying something? No, no. Uh, I was just saying that um, we take it for granted what they could, you know, yeah. would just be happy having. And uh, yeah. it really yeah. puts things into perspective. Yeah. 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 It does. It does. So you were you were saying um, you, you keep saying when you go to Uganda, and I'm oh, God, and, and and it's, it's definitely August. I'm hoping it's August. It's, Everybody's no, like, like you, telling you me you're crazy. <laughs> you keep saying to us when you go to Uganda, and you're right because it's on the bucket list. My wife and I definitely want to go to Africa. Um, so it, it, of all the places in Africa to go, you would you would oh Uganda suggest Africa. Uganda. Hells, yeah, okay. uh, yeah. Um, uh, only because the people are really friendly. You're going to yeah. see the gorillas. Okay. Um, there's 10 national parks. Um, okay. You can do Murchison Falls. Uh, get Better get there before the government turns it into an uh, electrical dam. Okay. That's, uh, they're no, selling that's off all the funny. natural resources. Okay. Um, oh, it's just incredible. Like, the opportunities to do this. And, and see are we doing a day trip everything yeah. not a day tripper but <laughs> day tripper but, goes to uh, um triple f photo tours goes to africa yeah. and triple yeah. f photo tours is amina so yes. mark you yeah. and chrissy should go with amina yeah well, i was i was just that's what i was gonna say you're obviously once covid is is uh yeah I, i'm gonna i'm gonna be optimistic once covid is a thing of the past yeah um and people are traveling again i mean i've got my first vaccine i'm rocking pfizer here in my arm so i got I'm, nothing I'm so, me too. Yeah. You and me together uh, so, on that one. Yeah. Uh, How did you now, get Pfizer? Um, I I emailed the uh, health unit. Uh, my oh, wife is a my wife is an extremely smart lady, and mm -hmm. uh, and she uh, she recommended I email the health unit and explain to them that uh, what I do for work. Um, and they basically they replied back and said, uh, and this is the laughable part. They said, well, we're only giving the vaccines to people that are 16 years of age or older. Can you verify your birthday? <laughs> so. So I, I kind of chuckled and I replied back and I said I was born in 1971 and they, and they replied back and said, oh, yeah, okay, wow, you're old, get in here. So, uh, so, uh, so she says, can you come this afternoon at one o'clock? So I did and um, so I got my first vaccine. But uh, I do know that, uh, that, and this is probably going to air by the time this, what what this episode airs, the end of May? Uh, yeah, end, yeah, end of May, I believe. So, um, so by the time this one airs, it's four weeks from now, basically it will air. Um, by by then we should see um, a lot more vaccines uh, everywhere in in Ontario, uh, which will be good. But um, get yourself on a list if you haven't. Uh, yeah, I'm on the 26th. Okay. okay. So May 26th, you're going. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So you'll have so, your shot before this airs. This is airing on the yeah. 31st. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> June 2nd for me. June 2nd. Perfect. Nice. And, uh, what and, about and, you, Brian? I I'm waiting. Yeah. How are you? I'm not against the vaccine in any way, shape, or form. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get the Pfizer one. I'm just also living a life that I'm extremely secluded. 
Um, <clears throat> the only people I see are Steve, Joseph, and Lindsay, and Shelly and her mom. Like, I'll go downstairs yeah. to your mom. I don't go shopping. I don't go out with people. I don't do anything. I don't see the need and go into a bar. I'm fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'll wear my mask everywhere I go. I sanitize everything. Aurora knows how careful I am. I'm just a little bit obsessed with yeah. staying away from things these days. So as long as I can keep that up, you would think I'll be fine yeah. until they work out, you know, all the different variants coming from India and all the different things yeah. happening here and all the things happening there. And the Pfizer, if it helps everything, great. You know, I'm, I'll still, I'm still on board. But, uh, yeah. And, and I'm definitely go not going to run a workshop until I've had my vaccination. So that is right. definitely going to happen for me. Well, and then get the your vaccine one. so that we yeah. can have a workshop. I get, know. Get your, just, just get get yourself on a list. There's there's vaccines coming in, yeah. um, and, and you have to step up and get it. So that's my, my only thing is to say – get whatever vaccine you can get yeah, first. Exactly. And that was the, that was yeah. the advice I was, I'm not a medical professional, but uh, I spoke to a lot of them. There's one standing right here. Um, and uh, and uh, she's writing me notes here. Um, but basically I was, I was told, uh, I was, I was told um, that no matter what vaccine becomes available to you first, yeah. take it. Take it. Um, and that's, that's the long and the short of it. That's the impression. So um, now the only thing, and, I'll, and this is where I can joke about it a little bit. So there was no, no superpowers have developed at all. I thought I glowed in the dark at one point, but that was all, oh, that was wrong. I think it was my phone. You could have uh, been the aperture light. Not, nothing, <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, no, no glowing in the dark. I, I didn't develop a tail. I can't climb walls. Uh, uh, and Not I can yet. barely, Not I can yet. barely feel the microchip. No, I'm kidding. Um, but, I have no uh, thoughts of that. I, I know yeah, that the know. vaccine is something I should have. Yeah. It, there's certainly none of that in my mind. It's just yeah, but timing. get it. Yeah. So the only thing I can say is the people that think they're using it for the, I think it's, is it 4G oh, or 5G? They're saying, right? This, no, Mark, this Mark thing, they're using it for 5G. You don't understand, this, okay? You're being a sheep right now. You're this, being a this, sheep. This <laughs> device tracks me plenty. Fun, it's right? a disease. <laughs> That's right. It's a that vaccine. It, it's a yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was Brian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brian again. He's airing right now. So, yeah, that's uh, funny. but no, um, yeah, no superpower. Super nurse though. Yeah, super, super nurse. Awesome. Yes, my wife is the nurse. So she's, and this is where, uh, just to circle back what you're talking about with, with women not being educated in, in developing countries and things. Oh. I, I know so many, uh, I, because I work for Shoppers Drugmart, I know so many amazing women, uh, whether they be uh, store managers, district managers, assistant managers, store owners, um, the, the vice president of operations I work for uh, is a female, just an amazing woman, world-class operator. Uh, and, and, so many amazing women that I work with and support. Um, I know a lot of nurses, a lot of pharmacists, uh, uh, females. I know female doctors, all amazing people. I mean, uh, and I know Brian, uh, you know, you know some of them as well. Uh, and I just can't think of how our life here in Canada would be different if it was all male dominated mm. and not female because I, be I think about war. We'd be at war. Yeah, and just the women are so smart, and they're so level-headed. And I mean, we're guys. We're not. We're not smart. We're guys. We're we're just not smart. We don't always think right. We we jump ahead. We we're reactionary. We get angry. I mean, I'm I'm, you know, my my voice gets raised sometimes. Uh, oh, so at, does at, mine. At don't dogs worry about and whatnot, it. but uh, we react way too much. But um, you know, I just I think of I can't imagine our world without those educated yeah, women. So the well, fact and that's the other side too. sorry to cut you off, Brian, but the other no, side no. to look at is that there's uh, we're not even it's not like men have to have this sense of humility and say, oh, we're, we're stupid or we're dumb or, you know, we're, we're irrational. It's understanding that we're equal. 
That's, yeah. I think, that the main thing. Yeah, is at the end of the day, it's not about who's smarter or better. Or, yeah. Like, I will always say, my wife, you know, she's definitely the one that, without her, like, I would not be able to put my pants on properly in the morning. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I will be the one that takes humility. But there's certain people out there that I think they feel like it attacks their their sense of bravado or their alpha mentality, whatever ego. it is, when they have to, ego. their ego. Yep. And that's not at all what, what, what people are asking you to do. They're not asking you to set your ego uh -huh. aside. They're asking you to accept the fact that women can have egos just as same as you can. Women are just as capable of doing anything. Right. Yep. So yep. I think that's so the main is, point to take away. Yep. This is really, really Absolutely. cool. We are all on board. We all have the same opinion. We are all humans first and you know, individual sex is whatever second, which is great. But We've got centuries of mm -hmm. sayings and beliefs and oppression and uh, everything you want to think about. I mean, you know the term rule of thumb? Mm. It's just a rule yeah, of thumb. I, yeah. yeah, I read yeah. it somewhere. Martin uh, told me it, what it it's, really uh, Can I take a guess on it? Because I, th I think it. I know what it is. It's, it was a, the rule of thumb was for husbands and that they were not allowed to beat their wife with a stick that was any bigger than their thumb. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Which is, yeah. That's yeah, what I use that came phrase way too often for <laughs> yeah. having that kind of meeting. And this is the <laughs> yeah. problem that nobody understands. Yeah. You've got to question I mean, everything. All these sayings, yeah. where does it come from? It's like even the word yeah. photography, yeah. where does it come from? It comes from the Greek word phos and graphis, means yeah. drawing with light. I mean, you yeah. look at a word and you try and understand see, where see it this? comes from. Do you see this? <laughs> this is what would happen if I if I raised a stick to my wife, I would I would get it back tenfold. I hey, guarantee you. If I even <laughs> joked and said it too loud this right is, now, and Shelly were to overhear is, me, she calls this all of our wives are right off camera. By the way, like they're all just. <laughs> this is the thumping fist. She calls it. No, I'm kidding. She's, she's never leaving. But, uh, uh, but the thing is, is there's too, there's too much respect, right? I, I just I respect women. I respect my wife way too much. Um, Speaking to, of that, to though, even think about that. And that's really what it comes down to. Like uh, my mother raised me with some respect for women. You know, yeah. my mother's a lesbian, yeah. and I've since I was nine years yeah. old. I've lived a life with my mother living with other women and treat women with respect and the whole thing. So, I mean, obviously my history influenced my respect for women. Now, Amina, you have other inspirations in your life that have helped you uh, step up for certain causes as well. Maybe you can go into that a little bit. My sister. Um, so my sister is younger than me by 14 months and yet she has done so much more than me. Uh, you know how I said earlier I was squandering some of those opportunities. So when I was squandering, my sister was the one who was the nerd and studying and, you know, would do great things. So she has worked in government. Um, uh, she was on the discovery tour of, I think it's Inuvik. Mm. Oh, I've, I've got a friend who lives in Inuvik, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> she has traveled most of the world. And she organized her own charity years and years ago called um, Girls 20. So what she would do is bring 20 women from all over the world, developing uh, and developed worlds. And for a week, she would teach them how to build their economic initiatives. She would have people like Google and like all the big names, Richard Branson, all of these people come and together. They would help these women. Um, and then they would go back to their nations and with their support, you know, be the leaders in their communities. And she would uh, like present them at the G8 and the G12. And it was wow. amazing. Um, she's been to Necker Island a couple of times with Richard Branson. 
And then her last stint was a CEO for Malala Fund. Um, so she um, worked closely with Malala and uh, traveled with Malala. To, she also brought Malala home for the first time because Malala had to leave home and settle in England and couldn't go back to Pakistan. And my sister was the one who was able to bring that together. So she's done amazing things. And now Maybe you can is, let us know who Malala is. Oh, Malala Yousafzai was the girl who got shot in the face because she wanted an education. And she has now, um, Malala Yousafzai is like a Nobel laureate um, because she fights for the right for girls to be educated. So she Love travels it. the world giving speeches about why education is so important. Uh, she goes to um, uh, like camps, what do you call it, refugee camps, uh, works with the organizers to get girls educated. So she's done, she's, her and her father have done a lot. So if you ever want to learn about somebody who's been very inspiring, Malala, look her up. Um, and, um, you know, there are so many amazing, I won't just say women who've inspired me, but so many amazing people who've inspired me, who took an idea and ran with it and just mm -hmm. did something amazing. And if I can do, I got to plug, plug it in, otherwise I'm going to die. If I can uh -oh. do just 1% <laughs> of that, I'll be happy. One, 1%, I'll be happy. And I'm doing... So far, we've, we've had two, two trainings in Uganda. Our third one got cut off with COVID. Mm -hmm. But we've taught 32 girls so far, and 11 now have full-time jobs. And hopefully, wow. hopefully today it'll awesome. be 12. Hopefully today it'll be 12. Fingers crossed. So I, I, know, <laughs> I know we got to start wrapping up here kind of soon, but one of my last questions for you, um, do you feel, and this is going to be a bit of a tougher question, but do you feel with what you've done, are you, are you happy with what you've done to this level, or do you feel like you you there was more that you could have done or you didn't have access to to offer more. And if that's the case, what are you looking for in the future to, to deliver on what it is you want to achieve here? Great question. So Uganda is just a starting point. Um, when we've applied for charity status this year. So if we get charity status, that'll open up the door to start um, hopefully, you know, earn like raising more money uh, mm -hmm. and raising more awareness. But with or without it, I'm going to not stop. Um, our goal is to do two trainings a year and two tours to Uganda a year, but I want to expand to other countries that have um, expressed interest, such as Mexico, Costa Rica, Afghanistan, Kenya, Congo, mm. and the list goes on. Um, because there's so many girls in the developing world who need help, need help to have a voice, right? Um, one of my girls who was in my first training, I am helping her now by paying for the hosting and her website to get done. And she's called it the She Voice. And she's giving other girls in Uganda a voice and a platform to tell their stories where they can't get published anywhere else. So together, we're in, I'm empowering her and she's going to be able to do that for other women. So it's the power of what is it? reciprocity mm. and you know, paying it forward. And if they come through the training and get something out of it. The idea is for them to then pay it forward and so on and so on. And so by just starting like here and we can spread out, it's just going to be huge. And so, so support, support's support. the main thing that you need. Support, yeah, like financial support. I raise money through GoFundMe right now. That's our only avenue because we don't have charity status. 
and or just putting it out there that, hey, we're always looking for your gently used or new cameras um, and we will trade it in whatever not usable um, and, you know, go from there. It's incredible. Um, I've got your links, uh, Camera for Girls, Triple F Photo Tours and your uh, Facebook as well. Um, okay. How else can people get a hold of you to help out your cause? Just if you want. Yeah, to. they can email me at. Um, I'll just give them the, the cameras for girls email. So it's amina at cameras4girls.org. Excellent, excellent. And is that is that GoFundMe still active as well? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so. okay. So we'll have the GoFundMe listed down below. So if you guys listening okay. right now want to help support the GoFundMe, there is a link listed in our description somewhere. I'm yeah. just pointing around, but it's there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Um, okay, so we have some questions for you, Amina. At the end okay. of every show, we have uh, three questions that we run by you. Okay. The one question you've already answered, so I'm going to ask you that one first. Okay. We, we ask for our, our uh, guests to issue a challenge to our viewers and our listeners. Ooh. It can be any challenge that, it, that you can think of. Uh, obviously, okay. as photographers, we've issued photo challenges in the past, and then there's other challenges and personal challenges. I, I know you've put some thought into this. Maybe uh, maybe you can let us know. What challenge would you issue? I'm going to tie it into the two things that I do, photography and philanthropy. So right now, COVID has hit everybody so hard. There are people in our community who are really struggling. Um, they can't put food on the table or they can't pay rent. And they want memories. They really want memories, right? At the end of the day, when you have memories, that's that's like overwhelmingly makes you happy, right? Um, so I, my challenge is reach out to somebody in your community and offer a free photo shoot um, for a family. Do a, do a draw and say, hey, I'm offering one free photo shoot to a family um, in need, or no, don't even have to say in need, but just a family in my community. And the second thing is, um, there are a lot of service clubs like Rotary, Lions Club, Optimist, and they're always looking for imagery. I'm a Rotarian, very proud Rotarian. I'm still a part of New Market Rotary, even though I moved to Kawartha. Um, offer your services. Join a Rotary Club or join and just say, hey, do you have a fundraiser coming up? I can come and do imagery for one day. And, you know, it, it gives you exposure and it gives them images. Yeah. All right, well, you know, I'm going to uh, join in this challenge. I'm going to take this challenge, and I'm going to give a free Briangle workshop Ooh. to um, somebody who emails us at expressions at gmail.com and lets us know why you think you'd like to get more into photography. Uh, Briangle workshop is a two- or three-hour, gets you fundamentals and everything you need to know about photography to get going. So I'm going to take I, your challenge. I took, it, I took it when I got back into photography as a refresher, and it really Did it helped help? me. It was awesome. You know that. So, Thank you. Email so yeah. Brian. Email Brian. There you I go. Free Brian. Free photo shoot thing. I love that idea. That's awesome. There you go. We've just got a free photo shoot going. All right. Well, we will uh, we'll get refined on these free things that we're going to do. Uh, but <laughs> until then, uh, we got to go to the other two questions. That's a great challenge. Thank you, Amina. Yeah. Uh, the next question is, what's your jam? What song do you Ooh. listen to that just gets you gets you amped, gets you ready for the day? Oh yeah, um, shit! How can I forget it? Roses, roses, roses amazing. From it's called who? roses. Ah, Jesus. Okay, now you. Because <laughs> we were on the spot getting the song title. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Saint John. 
St. John? Yeah, yeah okay. check that out. Saint and it's J-H-N. I got so it. good. Oh, I will check that out when we're done. Great. Yeah. Or maybe I won't because we're, we're still thinking. We're still toying with the ideas of doing uh, reaction videos to music. So okay. at least I am. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, that. I think we should do it. I'd love to hear <laughs> what people think. We've got such a diverse age group here to sit exactly. and listen to a song that we've never heard before. I think would be really interesting. All right. So the next question we have for you and the final question is tools of the trade. So, I mean, you know, in photography, everybody brags about what's in their camera bag. Yeah. We see, you know, whatever so-and-so do these videos. Hey, check out how awesome I am with all my gear. It's not about that. What tool do you rely on, whether it's just a mental tool or a physical tool that helps you out day in, day out, no matter what? Expose for the highlights. Oh, there you go. Push to the right. There you go. Pose for the highlights. Um, I'm taking uh, like down when I don't when I'm not working on all of this stuff, which is 24/7. I'm teaching myself better photography tips because then if I become even better and I keep on improving myself, then I'm just going to teach it to my students. So I'm in the Two Man You workshop. Um, Erica Mann and Lanny Mann are a husband and wife team out of Alberta. Like one of the best wedding photographers. I am not into weddings. No bridezillas for me. But the <laughs> the tools that they teach, um, such as Expose for the Highlights, like saves my bacon every time. And I'm a huge nature shooter um, when I'm not doing portraits or headshots or whatever. And right now it's all about nature because we can't mm -hmm. be shooting anything else. Um, and it's just like, it's just one thing I keep on going. Exposed for the highlights. Exposed for the so highlights. what do you mean exposed for the highlights? Maybe you can clarify a little bit. So if I'm in a um, bright area, but, you know, the bird is sitting in the dark area, right? And if I shoot, if I'm looking at the bird and it's only dark, point my lens up to the brightest area, expose for it with back button focus, and then recompose. And now you've, you've brought out all of the detail. Contrast. Nice. Yeah. It, this is an amazing tip. Um, it's actually something that I was taught in college when I went to Humber College for creative photography is that in digital photography, it's super important that you do not overexpose mm -hmm. uh, because you lose the detail in your you highlights. Um, in reverse, if you were shooting in the film days, actually it was, you had to expose for the shadows right? because you would lose all the detail in the shadows. Yeah. Um, so, and I was uh, a film shooter. So when I started with digital, I was like not comfortable space for me. It took, yeah. And then I put my camera away for 10 years. And then when I got back into this film was no more. And all of a sudden it's just digital, digital, digital. And I still hate editing. Like it's the, it's a chore for me. But now, as I'm learning how to expose for the highlights, it is just like bing, bang, bang, and I can bring, like I can bring out details that I'm not having to whip my hair out to, to edit. So it also helps you in your processing. Definitely. Perfect. And that saves money because time is money. Time so. is money. Absolutely. All right. Amina, this was awesome. I really no, appreciate you spending so time with us. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It was so You're nice welcome. to get to know you all. And uh, Mark, I'm going to hit Thunder Bay and go and find some moose and bears with you. There, there's a few up here, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> All right. So for everybody who's been watching and listening, thank you so much for doing that. We usually go into our personal charities that we talk about. And you all know um, Aurora and I love the uh, Henry's Foundation. Mark was talking about his Shoppers Drug Mart uh, for mental health as well, the run for mental health. And Ryan is just so amazing with helping people with uh, – 
you know, um, addictions and so on. And we always want people to be in a better space. But for this week, let's keep this all about Amina. Let's keep this all about what you can do for people. So cameraforgirls.org is something that people should check out. And um, if you can help out Amina and her cause, that would be fantastic. Uh, we've tried to do as much as we can for any cause that has come our way. And this is <clears throat> as important, if not more important, than anything we've talked about in the past. So thank, thank you so for much. the work you do, Amina. Thank uh, you for the opportunity to share and uh, to give me that much-needed exposure. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. And congratulations on all the awards you've gotten lately, too. Yeah. Thank you. Superstar. Thank you. Superstar. Ooh. All right. Ryan. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Ooh. Ooh.